Welcome to episode one, season three of the Press Play and Run podcast with me, your host Ryan Miller, and my new and improved co-host, Alison Jardin. How are you, Alison? Good, thank you. So tempted to introduce us as Paul Hollywood and Mary Berry, but I just resisted the urge just because I saw your pace in your most recent run. (laughs) How are you feeling? First day in the new gig? Uh, I'm very excited. Thank you for inviting me. It's not an invitation anymore. It's a necessity. So it's been a few weeks. It's been a few weeks since we've been on air. You You did join me for the either the last or the second to last episode. I can't even remember now. And it's been a nice break from the podcast. It's not stopped activity at all. There's been a lot on the go, a couple of things I want us to cover, but we've got a packed episode today. So a couple of things are going to happen. We are going to be joined by Lynn Smith, who is a member of the Press Play and Run community. She has been at the Press Play and Run Club Long Runs that was started. So that's a long run club running out of Lululemon on a Sunday morning. We are going to have quite a wee interesting discussion about pace that came off the back of the first long run, um, which really well attended. As everything that we've done here, we've just had so much support. It's just been unbelievable. As well as that, we've got our guests coming up. We're, we're going to have Dougie Holmes and David Murray join us from Run Lanarkshire, fresh off of the New York Marathon. But before we get to that, Alison, let's have a wee catch up about where we've been in our running since we last spoke. I was obviously training for the Davaway Ultra. You were just getting ready, I think, to set off the next day to go to the Yorkshire Marathon. Give us the Cliff Notes version. How was that? It was brilliant. So I think I'd mentioned that I was pacing rather than racing this one. And it was so much fun. It was just as good like as when I got PBs myself. Like Kirsten and I ran together, had such a good time, shouted at her a little bit. But we got her a massive PB. Weather was perfect. Crowd's great. And it's definitely one... If you want to go out there and like go for a good time uh, or a bit of crowd support, I would definitely recommend it. Well organised, good run, because it's not oh, one I've actually, I've never spoken to anybody that's been to it before you guys went. Do you know, it was actually, in terms of marathons, one of the best I've been to for organisation, but also like the before and after. So it was almost like a little village, loads of tents and you could get coffees, drinks, ice creams, food really well organized and I, I was going to say for a small event but it's not there was a lot a big turnout because there's a 10 mile race too so it's definitely one and obviously for our listeners up this way it's not too far to travel we stayed but you could if you really wanted to do it in a day tell us a wee bit just about the route so when i say it's it's a good one probably if you wanted to go for a, a good time it's it certainly is you generally after you get through the york um center that was a bit of a you know shoving exercises the first couple of miles usually are but after that you're kind of out in country roads loads of space uh, pretty flat until Kirsten will tell you the end which is a hill which is pretty mean the only negative and and it didn't happen to me because we were together the whole time keeping each other going but I imagine if you were on your own there'd be points that you maybe had that kind of dip because when you're in the country there's not always crowds to keep you going quite long stretches and there's two out and backs if you don't like that then it's not for you but I, I'd say if it's one you just want to get your head down or go with a friend and have a laugh then yeah absolutely have a laugh yeah because <laughs> going and running a marathon such a laugh <laughs> you're bringing back serious vibes of the Edinburgh Marathon, that out and back section there. I'm getting PTSD even thinking about it. And Emily was with you as well. Emily in the outdoors. She was an ambassador at the event. Yeah, so she got um, into a fancy little bit for nice food and coffee. She's so important. She's not really spoken to us very much since. She's just too big a deal now. 
Um, but yeah. it's fine. Hopefully one day she will rejoin the fold and maybe graces with her presence. Who knows? Uh, but she did. She did an exceptional job as an ambassador for the event. Shared her whole process leading up to it. And I think, well, I don't think I know that the organisers were so happy with how she sort of mm. carried out that role. They want to work with her again in the future. So brilliant thing. And she is also going to be a part of ambassador for the Edinburgh Marathon Festival along with yourself, that right? Yeah, she yeah. is. So she's doing the full marathon and I'm doing the half. Yeah, so that's that's something already to look forward to in next year's next year. race calendar and we'll touch on that. So for my part, I completed my first ultra. Don't know if you heard about it. <laughs> I oh, you didn't mention it. Bro. I know, I know. I've been like sitting spinning my medal. We got the coolest medal I think I've ever seen. I think I put it on uh, Instagram about 15 different times now. <laughs> I have now run out of real ideas to use that medal. Brilliant event, but and yeah, interesting experience. So would you recommend that as a, for a first time ultra runner? I've been asked by people, yes, but without anything for me to compare it to, if that makes yeah, sense. Sure. But I did speak to people off the back of Glen Ogle about their experience mm-hmm. of that. And I know that's another one that's often badged as a good first ultra. Yeah. Um, what I would say about Dava Way was the organisation of the day was exceptional. Really, really good. Small enough that it retains a real community feel. Race organisers did a briefing on the Thursday night. Sorry, they did it on the Thursday night. I travelled up um, on the Friday night. So they they covered all the sort of salient points and then you, you met them there and you were getting a chat. So it, it really felt like you're in and a part of the event. The course is stunning. We had a perfect day, blue skies, crisp cold but not freezing actually if anything i think most of us went out there over layered and had to sort that fairly quickly but it's very very runnable the whole way even the bit of that looks in the profile like an incline is very gradual not really noticeable and apart from the killer hill that's about literally 400 meters from the end it's disgusting that hill apart from that the rest of the route is just so so runnable i think uh, that probably is what got me into a bit of bother with my stomach was the runnability of the course yeah because i think you'd obviously not having done one before probably thought that there would be parts because when you speak to other ultra runners they say there's always bits you walk and you'd obviously thought well that's a bit i can eat but when you want to just keep going as yeah. you do as a runner it must have been a bit like oh, okay should i eat but then you're always told not to don't forget to eat and don't forget yeah. your nutrition or you'll suffer so it's finding that but then like you say it's your first one and if you want to do another one you've learned a lot uh, it's like it's like that disclaimer that you see in, in books, but all mistakes are my own and they definitely were my own. But I had so much advice, so much support online and the, the week running up and on the day was just unbelievable. The number of messages I had even during the run itself was overwhelming, actually genuinely overwhelming by the end of that day. But the thing that, that the piece of advice that you've just hit in the head there is everybody says the same thing. Walk the hills, walk before you need to walk. So walk the hills and keep fueling. I felt great in the day. I was running really, really well. My legs did not fail me at any point in the day. Like I think the strength and conditioning has helped. But running while eating at a pace killed me. It gave me a stitch that I could not shake. And it lasted, looking at the splits in the data, I think it lasted about eight miles. It felt like 10. Until the point I was, had a bit of reflux and I was trying to hold that back. And then I let myself be sick and felt instantly better. And I should have done that like a solid hour before I actually did Um, and then I was able to run on again after that a bit but I wasn't I really wasn't bothered by pace this was all about finishing for me but Mm. it did take the 
the edge of the experience, if you like, because that mm -hmm. was not a happy, that was not a happy eight mile spell. That was be. like, I was running a bit and then having to actually stop just to let the stitch dissipate. And then I'd pick the pace up and it came back. And it was yeah. just, I was like that the whole time. So I think in hindsight, with what my body's just to in the running I've done, I should have probably fueled it like a marathon. I should have fueled it with gels and chews the way that I'm used to, especially if I was going to try and keep that pace sustained. So lots of learning, but not for a minute do I regret doing it. But neither am I moved to go and sign up for another one. Everybody keeps saying, what's the next one? I'm like, nope. All eyes on London now for me and ever, all other thoughts about ultras and things are on the back burner. I feel like there's a little spark in your eye. Yeah, it's London. <laughs> no, I think there'll be another one after London. I, I don't know. I, I've, I've tried to learn from my mistakes of the last year and stop saying no or yes in the immediate aftermath. So I've I've stopped trying to I've stopped signing up for things in the immediate aftermath of a race when you've got that buzz. But also off the back of a rougher experience, never say never because you just don't know where you're going to be. And it gets expensive when you keep saying yes immediately. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's only so many, and not all the races you can actually defer and move yeah. down the line. So again, that, that ultra was very reasonably priced. So couldn't speak more highly of the event. Got to meet Leanne, former guest. Brilliant. Uh -huh. Met Helen as well. Met Gemma. Met, so these are people from the Press Plane Run community. It feels like you're meeting familiar friends on the day, even though you've never met them because yeah. of this community that sort of formed in and around the podcast, but also through Instagram. It was just lovely. It was just such a good vibe. So no, brilliant, brilliant event. But enough about me. Tell me about you. What's been going on since Yorkshire? Let's share with it. Share with the group. Share with the group. <laughs> Um, not a huge amount, to be honest, and that's probably for a few reasons. So I did decide to take some proper time out because I needed it for my head and my body. I'd taken it quite easy up to York and that wasn't ever a secret. I'd kind of really pulled back, used the bike a lot more, been out walking. Then work's kind of got in the way as well. Um, I think I've shared a few times on social media that I work for a US company. So again, it's juggling schedules. So this week I decided it was time to kind of get my butt back in gear. And to do that, I needed to make some pretty serious changes to make myself get out again. So I decided to join the Newton Roadrunners. Another convert to the crowd. No, brilliant news. Obviously, not, not that long have I known about this, but I knew recently you were thinking about making that change and you've been to a couple of the club runs. And ah, you'll be a huge asset to the club, I'm sure. But I think you'll also get plenty back from the club too. And I know you've enjoyed your first couple of sessions and it works for you and your schedule. Yeah, and I think that was one of the big reasons like you kind of hit the nail on the head there. So I was with a group before who were absolutely brilliant. And, you know, I've got so much time for them, but I just couldn't get there anymore. And then I was kind of stuck because I missed the social aspect. And then you'd invited me along a few weeks ago and... It is. It's. It, you can tell it's a club that take running seriously, but there's a social aspect, and that's an important. Not for everyone, but it's important to me. It's also why we have started the long Sunday runs because running should be about more than going out yourself, especially at this time of year. I'm kind of hoping now that if you ask me again in the next episode, I'll be able to say that's me back into some maybe not routine because that's hard now, but back into regular running. It's a big departure for you to be taking your foot off the pedal because it's been mm -hmm. literally just years of grind the next thing, target the next Monster. thing, target. Yep. Chasing those six stars, all the marathons, all the prep that's come with it. You've had great people at your back, but I think you probably needed the break. 
Mm-hmm. I did. And I think I've kind of made peace with the fact that I'd love to still be the person that can go out six days a week and run speedy sessions all the time. But at, at the end of the day, that work pays my bills, running doesn't. And you know what? Like you say, I think there comes a point as well. You've got to think about everything else, like family. And we've said this every time I've spoken about running. We're selfish as runners. And I know I've like, you know, financially, time, everything. I, like I've taken a lot away to do those six stars. So now it's time to just take a step back, focus on everything else, but still enjoy running. Yeah, and also let's not forget you were practically being held together by duct tape at the end of that whole run. Not big injuries, but the stack up of niggles. Mm -hmm. And I think think you've felt that since, haven't you? Since you actually Mm -hmm. gave your your body the chance, you've had a few of these things cropping Mm -hmm. up, and it's 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 probably not a surprise you've abused your body with marathon block after marathon block. (laughs) Abused it. the best worst way possible but no um it's definitely it's exciting I am really excited and I think last night was probably a perfect example I wouldn't have gone out the door I I would not have gone out it was raining it was dark it was horrible but I'd committed to going to a club and that's sometimes why it's so good to make that commitment so I'm delighted to have you involved in the club as well it'll make organizing the logistics of the podcast easier as well when you need to chat to me twice a week So, Alison, before we hand over to our guest interviews today, I think we need to talk about the Press Playing Run Club. We had Lynn Ultralini on for a chat, actually, which was going to be inserted into this part of the episode. And that was going to be all about how the first two runs of our long run club, so the Press Playing Run Club is a long run that leaves from Royal Exchange Square at Lululemon on a Sunday morning at 9.30. And we had Lynn on because Lynn was actually at the back um, of our first run and wanted to speak a wee bit to the community and then about making it a more inclusive space and everybody feeling welcome and it being a place where everybody could come and run. However, something happened on Sunday. We had our third run and we had 34 people turning up for it. I made a bit of a plea to people to get involved. I explained how we were trying to make it inclusive and everyone showed up for themselves and for each other. So we decided to pull that bit with Lynn and I spoke to her because actually what we were trying to achieve through that conversation was achieved on Sunday. So Alison, that was your first run with the club. Do you want to talk mm-hmm. me through? For people that weren't there, tell them about the day. Yeah, so I think more than achieved what the aim was, to be honest. Um, it was such a good atmosphere, so well done. I think from feedback, the first two runs did go really well. But I know from speaking to yourself and Len and others, what the, the the goal was to include everybody and nobody to be left out or feel that way because I don't believe anyone would be if they turned up. So it was it was so much more than expected. Like you say, there was a huge turnout and I I just think it completely exceeded expectations. The smiles on people's faces, the buzz that people got, people running further than they ever thought they could get for me personally it was getting to meet people that I've spoken to for such a long time on Instagram but never met in real life it just went so well in every aspect and I think obviously the end which was meeting back at Lululemon for a little surprise also um was a nice little surprise for everybody too yeah and I need to thank Jenny and Nicola the the store managers Jenny's just actually finished up on Matt Leaves so all the best to her and I hope everything goes brilliantly there it's been an absolute pleasure working alongside Jenny uh, since taking up the ambassadorship and Nicola now steps into that role 
but they sort of surprised me with a voice note just through the week. The run was already arranged. I'd already made that plea to the community. And then Jenny had said they wanted to celebrate me doing my first ultra by gifting the community um, a piece of Lululemon clothing. So far more than we could have expected. And my heart was in my mouth and I saw the number of people that were starting <laughs> to sign up because I'd given ballpark numbers of what we'd had in the first two weeks of 17 and 20 was the first two weeks. And then you're doing a head count on the morning going, oh my God, we're over 30. Um, but true to their word, they stepped up and it actually made for the the perfect end to the run because as people were finishing at different paces on that day, they were able to go in and do their private fit session, speak to the educators in the store, find out a bit about the clothing range and pick the piece that they, they liked best before we went for a coffee. So the look in everyone's face when they were told that they were going to be gifted a piece of free clothing was was priceless. I hadn't really told anyone to, because I was nervous that we'd end up queuing round Royal Exchange Square. I was going to say, or George Square. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So we, we did an eight mile route that day and we went through the Clyde Tunnel together, which was amazing, mm-hmm. just seeing everybody and hearing the noise, everybody sort of chanting and shouting on the way through. So poor souls walking up the other way must have wondered what was coming down that tunnel. Um, but I think that was most people's first time running through the tunnel. Brilliant experience. Yeah. I was going to say it's so funny because I mean like personally for me I don't live in Glasgow so and I loved it but even I think those that are even a bit closer to Glasgow some hadn't done it and it was brilliant and I do think that added as well everybody enjoyed it and it was something that I've always wanted to do but just never had the chance so I think that would be um it would be good if we could do that again at some point but I guess that leads on nicely to what we're going to do this Sunday Yep, so this Sunday's a little bit different. So the first three runs that we've done have all been distance-based. Excuse me, we've had a 10-miler, we've had a couple of 8-milers. But this week we are actually going to do a time um, time set run rather than a distance. So we're going to do a two-hour run, one hour out and back along the sort of Kelvin walkway and the, the, the Clyde path. So it's almost all towpath. We'll go out together, get to the, the towpath, and then it's... It's difficult to get lost, but I've put the route on Strava so people can sign up. Benefit of that is going to be that everyone is able to run at the pace that suits them. We've worked together, figure out what works for you. But the aim is to run out for one hour and run back for one hour at a relatively equal pace. So people at the front, the speedy mob, are going to go a bit further and do exactly what they want. If your pace is necessarily slower, you'll cover a bit less distance, but you will start and finish at the same time. We'll all go for the coffee and do that social bit that makes the community what it is. So I'm already, I only put this up last night and I'm thrilled to see people starting to sign up. But Alison, maybe you can give people a wee pointer as to how they can get involved and what's going to help us to make it as inclusive as we want it to be. Yeah, I personally think that what you've done of putting the the post up a few days beforehand, asking people to put down what pace they're aiming for is brilliant. I think it'll hopefully encourage people to to come along when they see like the group that they may fit with. So what I would say is if people can go on to the Facebook page and have a look at the paces that have been set, if one is there that suits you, tick it. If not, um, you can easily add in an additional one. Um, what I noticed when I went on earlier was, to me, so far anyway, the majority of people are taking the party at the back, which is the new cool place to be. Yeah. Um, and it's great to see. Uh, what we did, I think, 
uh, speak to Lynn about was that whole misconception that if you're slow, you can't join in, where actually that's the average pace. So instead of calling it even a pace now, we're calling it the party at the back, which seemed to be the most fun place to be on Sunday. Yeah. Um, so yeah, tick tick the box that suits you. And hopefully um, there's also a few others in that group as well. And if not, there don't be put off by coming because we'll still make it that everyone's included yeah. um, in one group. And that's the, the, I mean, Lynn gets full credit for the hashtag party at the yeah. back, but that's the whole reason behind calling it that and not calling that a specific pace because that pace will be whomever is at the back and there will be a group for you to run with and they're committed to running together and join the social side of it. So if you happen to be even sort of 15 seconds, 30 seconds slower than you think that's going to be, that will be the pace for the day. So there is literally pace is not a barrier to come into this run. You might need to go over that bit of off, right, I'm going to a place and you think everybody knows each other. Again, not the case. We've got new people every single week. Some people know a couple of faces, but this is not a big group that's been running together forever. So again, get involved. Let's do it. We're, we are running up to probably towards the end of these sessions before Christmas um, and we'll reconvene in January where it will be weekly right through to the spring marathons. But get get yourself involved. If you've got any questions, reach out to Alison, mm -hmm. reach out to myself or actually reach out to some of the people that are voting in each of those um, sort of pace groupings. What I was actually going to say, I noticed just before we, we came on to have this chat was that I think the best way to, to, if you have questions or concerns or anything about the Sunday run, is to actually just comment under that specific week. Yeah. Because I know somebody's already asked about, is anyone doing a shorter distance? Because that's on their plan. And I just, and that's the whole purpose of it, isn't it? It's a community. So use it to chat if you've got any worries or maybe someone doesn't want to do an hour, then just put it in there. So usually yeah. someone's going to come back and say, oh, do you know what? I didn't want to either. So let's do our own thing and go yeah. for coffee after. That's a great point because I saw that post from Kaylee as well saying she's only got 12k in her plan. So Kaylee's reached out on there and if anybody has similarly shorter distance, you can arrange what works best for, mm -hmm. for you there. You could run six out and six back on that same route, um, 6k out, 6k back, or you could run the 12k out, hop on the tube and head back into town for the coffee if that's what you want, or home if that's what suits you. This is the beauty of it. You find your sort of group for that day for whatever you need on that day. So I, I'm really confident and actually feeling so positive. Sunday just absolutely filled my cup in terms of seeing everybody. It, it did exact. it did more than I can think I could ever have hoped this early on. So just want to keep that momentum going now. Absolutely. And I think the last thing to just say about this Sunday is I think it's a fantastic idea and I think a lot of people will enjoy the out and back. But don't be put off either by the hour out and the hour back, because I know we spoke about this. To me, that can seem intimidating to some people. So like we've just said, it doesn't have to be that. It can be half an hour out, half an hour back. Like you said, Ryan, it's what works for you. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And Or you could run, you know, 45 minutes out and come back. And if you've still got the legs, then there's a wee bit. You could just loop it uh -huh. in and around town at the end. If you still feel you've got the legs, you're a bit closer to where we're finishing. The, mm -hmm. the options are there for you. But use the chat underneath those pace zones to talk to each other. Suss it out. If you're feeling apprehensive at all, speak to somebody. Don't sit and wish you could be there mm -hmm. because you absolutely can. So that's we just wanted to jump on and sort of re-record this bit. Say sorry to Lynn publicly for having her on for a conversation mm -hmm. and then pulling it. But with that said, we are now going to hand over to our conversation with Dougie Holmes and David Murray. Joining us in the Season 3 premiere of Press Play and Run are not only members of their running community, but also help build it. 
From their tireless work and the core volunteer team at Drumpelier Park Run to the creation of Run Lanarkshire and stints as race founders and directors, they've provided a platform for thousands of runners to run, race and compete together. Personally, they've been a huge source of support on this podcast journey and I'll be forever grateful to Doogie Holmes and David Murray. Welcome, guys. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for the intro, Ryan. I was half expecting both of you guys to be rocking up with your American accents, fresh off the glory of the New York Marathon. So we are we are going to do something we don't normally do here. We usually would start by saying, tell us a bit about yourself. We will get to that. I want New York in its glory. It's fresh. It's raw. I'm going to hear about your experience. So, David, I'm going to get you to kick me off because your New York journey almost was ruined by injury. Yeah, thanks Ryan. And we're both delighted to be on. Yeah, New York was touch and go. My my A plan for this year was a Boston qualifier at Berlin. And thanks to, to my sidekick, uh, Mr. Holmes, I had four outstanding long runs at a good tempo. I actually took that from Mark Gallagher being on podcast and talking about doing his, his long runs at Temple. And I dropped him a wee message, you know, Mark pretty well. He's a good guy and a, a real inspiration for me. So I spoke to Doug about that and worked on that. Felt great. Went holiday for 10 days. Uh, first run back, picked up an Achilles injury, which meant that Berlin wasn't happening. It was quite hard to take, feeling good, but I really had to... F- my attention on being fit for New York. New York for Doogie and I has been four years in the making and for me in particular we both got a Strava place uh, for New York. We didn't get in through the ballot. In order to do that you do a virtual marathon. So my virtual marathon for New York week was two years ago. The plan for both of us was to do Liverpool marathon that weekend that would qualify us and get us another medal. But unfortunately at the time my dad was terminally ill. I couldn't really leave. So my, my virtual marathon was 25 and a bit laps of lock-end lock and Rumpelia. And I hadn't really thought about it much until I was on the plane to New York and, and just thinking about my dad and what it meant with her. So, so it was quite emotional for me. But long story short, I've got a great physio, Gavin, at Healthshire. Uh, that's looked after me really, really well. He, I just trusted him, trusted the process. Didn't run for nearly six weeks, which was really, really tough. And with two and a half weeks to go, he said, right, you can do some runs. Fitness was out the window. But New York was never going to be about times. It was all about the experience. And I tell you what, what an experience. It was absolutely phenomenal. Chicago for both of us last year was by far the best running experience we've had. And I thought I'd never beat it. But New York was really hard to describe. Just the, the whole atmosphere. It was a wall of noise. You know, I've been to massive football matches. I'm a big Celtic fan um, and I've been to some big European nights but the wall of noise going through Brooklyn was just it's quite emotionally draining the whole marathon's iconic you know I, I could probably talk for hours on it Yeah, it took us longer to get from Midtown to the start line than it did for us to run back um, because you're, you're you know we, we both decided we would get the Staten Island ferry because again, six in the morning you're on the ferry sun's just coming up Statue of Liberty in the background you then come off that, you're on the big yellow school buses, going to start line. So it's, it's all of that experience. Yeah. Um, and then the marathon goes through the five boroughs, over all the bridges, you know, and finishing in Central Park. You did an amazing job to get there and wring out the experience that you deserved from it. I'm delighted that you got there. I was obviously following it closely and I'd been yeah. back and forward with Doogie. So I knew how 
on the knife edge it was and you don't need to worry about struggling to describe it to me because I've got three people here that can describe it to me so I don't feel at all left out here. <laughs> Let's get Doogie's take on it as well. Doogie, I was obviously hoping to run more together and yep. mostly through me being flaky with all this podcast shenanigans going on, I was struggling to, to nail down times but I did follow your training very closely. Do you want to give us your on-the-day perception? Yeah, I suppose... For me, New York was my fourth major. It's my third major in a series of four in 18 months as well. So the first two majors I had, I was chasing times and I didn't have the best experience going through them because it was all about the time. I decided this year when I went back to London that it was time to lift the head. It was time to take in the sights, time to take in the atmosphere around about it. So I took all time pressure off of that and New York was always going to be about that for me. I first applied for New York back in 2013, seven rejections, and I stumbled across the virtual that David was explaining earlier. And from that, I managed to get my place. So it was actually 2019 when I did it. I actually did Chatelierot Ultra as my qualifying race. So it was 5k loops at Chatelierot Country Park. So I ran the 26.2 miles and then I was like, stuff this. I'm going to wait the tent to the pork pie and a cup of tea, like, because I knew I qualified <laughs> for New York by that point. So, and then once I'd settled myself down, I went way back out and done another couple of laps. On the day experience for me, it was everything I could hope for and everything that lived up to all the height that I'd, uh, I'd wanted to. Didn't put any time pressure on myself. Our friend Alan, who's also been running these majors ways um, he ran with me for the first 18 miles he had his name in his top I had my name in my top we hugged the side of the road which I don't know why we did that going through Brooklyn because it felt as if somebody had taken half a step they would have wiped the two years out uh, going up those streets I've never really felt noise like it you do five bridges as you come over New York the first one takes you over into Queens and then you swing for about a mile and a half before you go over the Queensborough Bridge which takes you back into Manhattan and as I was approaching that bridge I actually turned around to Alan and said I'm actually hooked <laughs> I'm drained like from the noise, I felt like quite overwhelmed just with like how supportive it was. Very interestingly, I seen my favourite sign I think I've ever seen in a marathon running through Brooklyn. So we're running through and it says, yep, it's long. Yep, it's hard. You've swallowed worse. Get on me. That was, but that was, but that, that's a favourite. You normally see all, all the same signs in the marathons. That's the first time I'd ever seen that. It was brilliant. I loved it. Um, Rachel McPherson was winning the, the sign wars for me with the run like you're being chased with a job and a stick at Edinburgh, but that might be well and truly up there. Alison, how is this How is this in terms of like your recollection? Well, I think I'm going to steal the emotionally draining is the reason that I almost didn't finish here. I did it because I was tired at the end too. But no, everything you're describing actually is bringing back like all those emotions for me because you're so right. I always say that to people like you try and pick out something about each of the majors because everyone always asks like what's your favourite. But New York is the only marathon that you will get people every step of the way, but like screaming. And it's not even just for like a certain period and they go home. Like I ran New York in five hours, six minutes, and they were still there screaming at Central Park with their signs. And uh, like you say, the names on your top. It was just, yeah, everything you said. And it probably, I mean, I kind of put my tiredness down to the fact I, it was my first marathon and I hadn't trained properly. But there was a bit an element of the emotionally draining side because it is so much. I suppose when I come off the bridge in Brooklyn and re-entered Manhattan, so you can back off a bridge in Brooklyn, uh, back off that bridge and you enter on Fifth Avenue, and you think, all right, okay, the park's just up ahead. Little do you know, it's like five k up ahead, and it's a steady incline all the way up until you get to the park. That was probably the bit that physically I felt the worst in the race. 
I knew the minute I turned into Central Park, right, okay, it, it, it's done, like, you're coming down there and it's about the victory lap and it's about uh, just taking in everything. And that change through the whole, like, urban jungle, going into that park and then just mm-hmm. the greenery there, it felt like a different event. But the noise didn't change. Do you know what I mean? Yes. It was still rammed to the rammed to the max. It was still there. It was still loud. I was very aware when I changed from coming off the street and entering the park of where I was and, and where we did. And we'd actually walked up to the finish line on the Saturday. We, uh, sorry, on the Friday, when we we we'd picked up our race numbers and we'd been out and about. So as we came around the Columbus Circle and started re-entering the park, there's just this little gap in maybe a couple of hundred meters where there was no spectators and it was it was silent apart from the pattern of the feet, but then you know you're just everyone's just got to come up and the grandstand appears and it appears to come up and then you see the finish line and uh, it was it, it was it was phenomenal. I, the, the experience for me was great. It lived up to everything I'd hoped it lived up to and it was even better to share it with like David and Alan. If you can get there, get there. That's yeah. what I would say. It's it's a bucket list one along with I know I know the majors are not everybody's cup of tea, but they are they're all iconic for their own reason. They are all bucket list, sort of not something I thought I'd be saying a couple of years ago, running 5Ks. But there's a lot to cover for me with both of you, not least because there's all different dynamics. We could probably do an episode each on your dynamic of running together and what that's brought. Then you've got the whole park run thing. You've got Run Lanarkshire. And I want to touch on all of it. So I'm looking for this probably very briefly though to hear where does this fit in in your marathon journey so not only marathons but when did the running start when did the marathon start and how far along that line are you david can you kick me off with that my history again like a a lot of people i I played a lot of football when i was younger with with my mates played at a a reasonably decent level i'm a proud father of three daughters so when when they came along um i just didn't have that time i also tore the ligaments in both my ankles pretty badly. I had to stop playing football and just put a lot of weight on and just get a bit unfit. We moved house. As you do, you get to know your neighbours and drunkenly one night at a barbecue in my neighbour's house, I agreed to go running the next day with one of my neighbours. Six o'clock on a Sunday, forgot all about it. Linda and I just actually ordered a Chinese that night and Amanda chaps the door in the running gear and I'm like, oh, what's, what's wrong? I thought she was looking for one of the kitchen. She says, oh, you ready to run? Uh, so, You're saying, so is that also, serious? Was that a serious yeah, thing we were on? Hey, Listen, I had that many beers, I forgot the conversation, so, <laughs> uh, so I'm not sure I had it. But long story short, that led to, um, and it's about serendipity, so Doogie was heavily involved in the Cumberland 10K, but but not quite at that time. So the very first Cumberland 10K was in 2007, and that was the very, very first race I've ever done. First time I had a, a bib on my, my, my chest. All I did was run the Cumberland 10K, um, it's literally half a mile from my house, I would train for it for a couple of months, taper, and then do that. And then as ever, you get into the wrong company or the right company. So you just say, you get to meet a few runners. Before you know it, you're in another races. Did my first half marathon in 2013. Did my first marathon at Stirling in 2017. My first ultra at Glen Ogle 2018. And since then, I've done, I've counted up, 14 marathons, five ultra marathons, 300 park runs, and 195 volunteering days at park run. Um, okay, David, and, who's and, not? Who's not? <laughs> and all of that has just been around the people I've met, challenges they give you, and it's a bit of FOMO. You're thinking they're doing that, I want a bit of that. I've met so many wonderful people just through running. You know, a lot of my best friends uh, that I've got have, have been through running. And it's it's a real big thing for me, um, just Clearly. in terms of... Yeah, but it's my escape. You know, I can get out for an hour, either first thing in the morning or, or later on at night, just clear my head, 
is good for my mental health, absolutely. But yeah. equally, the people you meet are just phenomenal. You know, there's 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 very few souls that run. Well, I don't know. I managed to get one hosting the podcast with me. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, but essentially, that that that's my story, Ryan. Pretty hard to fit all of that into a short and sweet. That <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you about my one marathon and my one ultra one day, if you want. Right, but, <laughs> Dougie, beat that. Um, so, well, oh, he can beat that. Don't worry. <laughs> we we had a very similar start. Probably similar start to you. Usual football stop overweight but interestingly running for me started when two of my friends actually get ill and it was my best mate i was in holiday egypt at the time he took a phone call and he told me that he had a, a brain tumor and he was going for an operation the next day we flew home the tuesday after it fortunately he's okay he's still here and um, so that, that that was that but when i got to the hospital that day one of our other friends also got admitted that weekend and had a glioblastoma stage four brain cancer as well fortunately she's still here this was back in 2011. Off the back of that, Charlene decided to raise some money uh, for Glasgow University Brain Tumor Research Fund. So that's what got me to sign up for my first half marathon, Glasgow 2012. Phenomenally, Charlene raised about 60 grand for that charity off the back of, off the back of stuff she's done. As always, first half marathon, a few false starts, didn't know what I was doing. Managed a fairly re- uh, respectable time of 150 uh, when I come over the, fi- the finish line. Then fell down and lay in Glasgow Green for about half an hour because I couldn't get up because my legs were done that day. But what it done for me is it probably made me aware of my health a bit more um, for that. And then it got me thinking about what I wanted to do and be healthier. So I started signing up for other things to give me the motivation to move to something there. My previous job, I was in sport. I was a development officer and then a senior development officer, which led me and uh, event organising. So my running and the event organising started dovetailing. I took over probably in 2013, I think it was, for the Cumbernauld 10K for there, and then built a series of runs around about that. We already did Monkland's Half Marathon through the, the local volunteer group, um, and then we added some Christmas events. I did some other events for Sam H. I did some stuff for British Transplant Games. So built up quite a bit of experience of delivering events through my actual role back then. My first marathon was in 2014 it was edinburgh so chasing a four hour like that golden goose of a time for everybody ran 402 and my defining memory of edinburgh marathon that day was being passed at 22 miles by a barefooted runner dressed in a leotarded skeleton suit so yeah um as we were passing the nuclear power plant uh coming back into words musselborough he, he, he sailed past me going up that hill um <laughs> which was which was which was all which was all good fun that was 2014 and quickly following that i did another fundraising event for the brain tumor research fund Um i did 110 10ks in 110 days so i've done a 10k every day for the 17th of june through the 4th of october and then i got charlene to come and do the great scottish run with me so if you dig to the archives somewhere, you'll find a wee bit on BBC, a wee, a wee interview with the two is, um, in relation to that. And then for there, it led me into Jog Scotland. I'll know, we'll, we'll keep some of that as we go. But to date, I've done 18 marathons. Five of them are virtuals for over uh, the COVID times. And I've done four ultra marathons to date um, as well, obviously, ranging, ranging through that. I think my biggest year was 2019, leading into COVID, and I've done five marathons in an ultra that year. So we were really flying in the swing yet then. Um, and then it came back off of that. So I think I'm just going to leave it to you, Alison, right? Because I'm like, what am I going to talk about now? <laughs> Crack on. 
Well, yeah, I mean, I thought I'd done, I did four marathons in 2019 and I was like, oh, that that's a lot. And yeah, you've just blown me out of the water there. Uh-huh. But no, it's uh, it's remarkable to hear both your stories, I think, because they're so similar, but then almost there's different reasons that kind of started as well. And I always think if you've got a focus like a charity or a reason you're doing it, it does kind of give you that keep going when it gets tough which it always does at some point in a race. Uh, Dougie was also a triathlete he's been a bit modest. Well I was going to ask about that because uh, I noticed there was a picture of you diving into was it Strathclyde? Yeah it yeah. was. Um, so Taking back up people... with a shopping trolley on him. <laughs> I was going to say no, no, many, no many people all swim in Strathclyde Lock and it's oh, well. actually a running joke in our team uh, at work that none of them actually want to let their dog swim in it and I used to go swimming at every lunchtime. <laughs> The fact they had yeah. to like drain it and clean it before they did the Commonwealth Games tells me everything I need to know about swimming in there. So before we move on to talking about other things, I want to know. So I know, um, Dougie, you've done. So you've done New York, Chicago, London, and Berlin, and then David, have you've done Chicago, New York? You London. haven't London in London. So yeah, you've got three stars. I was due to do Berlin, obviously, mm-hmm. but hopefully so next year. Are you guys planning? I know it's not easy logistically or even trying to get in but are you planning on trying to fit, do the final one together well i've actually not discussed that yet i've got a place in boston for april so mm-hmm. my, my chicago time qualified me for boston i vowed i would never try and run a fast marathon again after that but then i think for tokyo obviously it's very hard to get in so timing it and planning that together could be difficult but also I've got aspirations for the family to come. I've got two kids, three and one. Um, so I'm hoping they can be just maybe a wee bit older. I uh, want to make a holiday out of it, hopefully, of that when we do it. But I'm sure we'll discuss it as we go. The goal is to get him to Boston first, um, get him his fifth star, and then we'll see how we go. Unless it gets into Tokyo before it gets into Boston, then it's a different game. Yeah, Alison, it would be lovely to end the journey. We, we, we might need to save up for Sydney after this if they bring a seventh, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was told you are finishing those six stars before a seventh gets added. Can I ask a question? Uh, I think I need to be the voice of naivety here. So let's say you're in a position like mine. You've run one, not one major. You've run one marathon, and I'm going to be doing London. So if somebody's embarking on that journey, it all feels a wee bit like impenetrable as to how do you get into all of these things. And I think the point that you raised there, Dougie and David, both of you, about there's that alternative route that you found into New York how do you get how do you maximize your chances of something like Tokyo if I mean I'm, I'm guessing if you've got enough money at some point you can make it work but Dougie you're going to jump in there's various routes into them now um, and all of the majors have they've gave multiple options in order to enter into them so if we take Tokyo for example there is a standard ballot which is very hard to get into they then have a series of charity places where you can apply to charities direct. They only let you apply to one. You can apply to more than one. So okay. if they don't accept you, you don't get in. They also have another route where you can just pay the fee to the charity directly. So you can just you can just stump up the money yourself there and then. I think it's around a thousand pounds or eleven hundred quid now, and that can get you a place. And then ultimately, I think Abbott recently, if people have got four or five stars. There's additional places available at the ones that are very difficult in your Boston's, your London's, your your Tokyo's. So I've four. So up until Monday there, I could have applied for an additional for a space in Tokyo for next year. Yeah. They, were, they had 150 spaces just for people who've got four or five stars. I didn't put my name in the hat. It's interesting to me from a 
a sort of equity point of view. It's like it's very heavily stacked towards people with a network, people with finances, people with the means. It's not going to be attainable to everybody. I was just curious, yeah. but I actually didn't even know that many routes existed. And that's probably more heartening for some people to hear than just the ballot, because but, that feels that feels impossible at this point. Ryan, to give you a wee bit of confidence and comfort, one of your friends, Karen, that, that, that's been in Chicago with us, she entered, I think, was it five or six ballots? She was successful in each one for for the majors. So something, you know, some mm-hmm. somebody's got to win it. So yep. she she had a great run. Her tip was she entered every ballot in the last day and every one she done, she got in. Whereas we're champing at the bit, I enter right away. I'm so, in first. I'm in the, like uh, wait sit and click yeah. refresh. That's interesting. Sorry, the other thing I was going to say, both Doogie and I are on a World Marathon major Facebook page. It's a guy called Robert Wang, who's an expert in Boston. But he is phenomenal. He he researches. He's doing what like he's on Facebook all the time. Yeah. Everyone he talks about all the virtual runs, all the routes to get in, all this sort of stuff. So it's a mine of information. So if anyone is interested, I would suggest you that World Marathon Major Facebook group is it's a font of all knowledge. We've we've got so much from from just scouring that. So I got to meet him. Oh look at you! You can't hide the smugness. No. I don't. Know, I can see the smile. <laughs> No, but he is. He's like really famous in this in the yeah. world major. And this, he he is a fountain of knowledge. If there's like he knows everything there is to know about how to get in and like the analytic, like he analyzes everything. He is. He'll tell you anything you need to know. But yeah, we met him at the. Well, we met him at the bus uh, queue at Boston. This is so funny that you think this is a, a great thing that you I'm just imagining all the non-marathon runners going, what are they talking about now? Who is this? It's like you telling your Waynes that you met a famous player for the 70s and they go, so what? <laughs> I would say, Ryan, that there is different ways to get into all the majors and I've probably got in differently to all of them. So somehow I came out the ballot in London, but I donated my fee for five years. That gave you another draw for an extra 1000 places when it was 2017 and then 2000 places now uh, for my 2023 place. I time qualified for Chicago and a charity fundraised for Berlin. So like where there's a will there's a way as they say. I I never started it to go go and do all six majors until I got my space in London and I'm in a space in London, the wee hook came in and then for there I entered Berlin. Sorry, I took my Berlin charity place in the huff because I didn't come out of the ballot in London. So yeah. it was an immediate reaction. And that's just. Nah, it was just, it's more of a passing point. It's, where there's a will, there's a way. I agree to a point. But there's also donating your fee five years, you need to be in a position to do so. And yeah. even actually being successful in the ballot, I could be successful in the ballot in Tokyo tomorrow and be privileged enough that I've got the chance to go. There's an equity issue there, and I know there's a million other marathons you can do, and it's just an interesting one. As it becomes even more commercialised, these things are not cheap in the slightest. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Ryan, even the entry fees for the majors mean that they're, they're I doing it a budget. Done, doing it a budget is doable. I mean, Doogie's doing Boston in a budget, but still, it'll be a fair amount of money, even going and staying a couple of days in a hostel or whatever. Um, yeah. And I know people, I know like Alan's brother Mike, He's 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 a double six-star. So one of the, one of the very few in, in Scotland, um, and both times he's went to Tokyo, he's arrived on a Saturday morning and flew out on a Sunday night. Now, if I'm going to Tokyo, I want to go and see some of it, but basically he just went, done the race and come home. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's a pretty penny just to do that. So I do take your point. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Part, part of Dougie and I's ethos about running is 
to make it accessible for everyone, and that's that's part of some of the things that, that the reason we do what we do. But equally, yeah. these these majors do cost money. There's no denying it. So there's a segue, a, a perfect segue, because I'm very conscious of you've got so much running experience between the three of you on here with me at the moment that we could talk for five hours and nobody wants to hear any of us for five hours. But there's a real paradox between obviously that financial outlay. And then I know what your ethos is. I know what Run Lanarkshire's ethos is. I know what Park Run's ethos is. And I know how you guys operate within it. You go out your way to keep Run Lanarkshire events or events Dougie, that you've put on. They are very reasonable on pricing. They are very inclusive. Park Run is by its very nature, free and inclusive and a free run. But you also make it welcoming. So that sense of community, how important to you is your role within it? I actually met David through park run called January morning out at Toll Cross. I was in a long run. It was snowing. Strathclyde had been cancelled. Somehow I found my way to Toll Cross to arrive at the alternative course. <laughs> had to run up the hills. We were building snowmen next day and things like that. It was fun. And on that day, David actually invited me to Vogre the next week. And from that point on, we sort of just get into a routine. They go and visit and other part runs and doing part runs together and we actually just built a friendship through part run we met so many good people Strathclyde for me was my home part run at that point I'd done about 50 I think at Strathclyde before I started venture now and doing any uh, sort of tourist running but even that we were inviting people to come along with we were meeting the same sort of people at the weekends I was leading at Jog Scotland which was obviously helping people enter in at beginner level just that sort of community that you chat about all the way through it our friendship just grew through that and, and it's continued and it's it's never really stopped so we seem to like the same things we seem to want to do the same things we like to help people do them and um, through pacing guiding organizing events organizing social runs all that stuff's really at the core of what I want to do and running and help people achieve what they want to do because I see the benefits it provides me and you just want to pay it forward and yeah. give other people the opportunities that you've had. Yeah, it's exactly that for me too. I started my part one journey through one of the guys at my office. Um, actually, I started a new job and the first day there, one of the guys had a, a bit of a medical incident. Um, I don't know if it was me starting as his new boss, but he uh, was rushed to hospital with a, a heart condition. Uh, this is a, a boy called Adrian, used to be really fit and healthy. Long story short, he came back, but he needed to lose weight and get a bit fitter. And his daughter used to go to Parkrun. Um, so I said, look, I'll, I'll come with you. And we went along to Strathclyde and Strathclyde was just so friendly, so welcoming. Nice and flat, easy. And just, you know, every week I went with Adrian and we just, we, we, we just built up bit of routine and then you get chatting to people and I really enjoyed the satisfaction he got and the, the, the buzz that he got from getting a bit better and I thought I like this you know and I get I probably get more satisfaction out of seeing him getting better than than Moan running yeah. if, if I was honest and then of course you've got the options of volunteering um, Strathy is, is brilliant because they do Pacer Saturday first week every month um, and that 24 minute bib was mine for probably two years. You know, I'd, I'd done it and just that satisfaction was, was yeah. phenomenal. And then we get approached by a visually impaired runner, Andrea. So Moira and John had been approached around that. She wanted to come along and she wanted to run. And I thought, I, I quite fancy that. So I started guide running and I've done, I think, 35, 36 park runs, guiding visually impaired runners, six different ones. I actually went. On my 50th birthday, I was going to do the Dublin Half Marathon and I, I'd scoped out a park run to do in Dublin 
joined a Facebook group and noticed that they were looking for a, a VI guide that week. So I went and met a girl I'd never met before and guided around a course I'd never ran before. Um, but she'd done it over a hundred times. So there was a joke. She, there's a joke here, David, about the blind leading the blind, and I'm not going absolutely. to make it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, all of that and genuine honesty, Ryan, I get more satisfaction out of seeing other people and, and the joy that they get yeah. and, and replicating that. Park Run gave so much to me human hearted. They really did. And the, the Park Run family is, you know, it's 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 phenomenal. So I, I felt you know, I felt it was natural to give something back. You know, yeah. I've I've got much more from Park Run than I've ever given back. I'm not sure about that with your volunteering days, but Alison, that there's some parallels between sort of how our friendship was formed in and around Park Run as well, eh? Yeah, I think it just kind of reiterates the fact that how, how what an important part of Park Run the community running community is. We've we became friends through it. I've met so many amazing people. I love when you go to somewhere for a weekend, you can see if there's one there. And no matter what, because runners are so friendly, you'll always get chatting to people. And it is, it's just something I feel so lucky to be a part of and that we've got on our doorstep. It's still, despite anything I've done, it's still my favourite part of the running week. It's, I love to get there. I love yeah. just the buzzing and around it. And you can make it what you want. You can gun it, you can jog it. I'm going to ask Oogie about the Dust to Dawn series because anybody who's followed the podcast page will know that we gave away races. There's a lot of overlap in the two communities between who comes to your events and who comes to mine. So you've got a guy that you're doing a run in Chatelaroan um, Sunday and stealing away some of my run club. So thanks for that. I really appreciate it. That's what the, the thanks right. you get. Yeah, but tell me about that. Tell me about the new race series. Me and David have been floating, like getting back into event organising. So when I changed, when I changed jobs, obviously I. I stopped becoming run director for Cumbernauld and uh, Monklands and the Christmas events and stuff. And we had been doing some runs. And then over COVID period, we had only launched part run at Drumpelia the July before it. And we'd been building up quite a community. And when COVID struck and everything dropped down, there was a gap there for everybody. Nobody had anywhere to go, no had anything to do. So we started doing some challenges during COVID for people to get involved in. So we did scavenger hunts and things like that for people to go and find things in their local community when they couldn't go too far. And then it led into a thing that we did called an Ultimate Team Challenge. So we'd ran it through the sort of part run social group that we have and we ended up having about 84 or 88 people take part and we put them into teams of four. People who'd never met each other, like into teams. And then we gave them a challenge for seven weeks in a row, right? So we tried to make it really, really inclusive. So it wasn't always about being the fastest. We did a week on elevation where they had to run no more than 5K, but they had to put as much elevation in. You've seen some of the people that were doing it. They were finding a hill that was 10 metres long, but it was like straight up and down. And they Climb, were climbing like, buildings. They, they were doing like 200 reps, you know, like a hill for 5K in order to do it. But that the point I'm trying to make there is what, what it done is it, sort of let us know that there was a, a space out there for like social events and people were striving to do things together and 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 be there. So that led us into looking around Lanarkshire and the sort of routes that we wanted to do that people maybe not do themselves. And we decided to start some social runs over the winter period in order to do it. So it was targeted that people maybe wouldn't run these routes on their own. People that maybe looked at it, thought about it and thought, well, I don't know where I'm going. So we built it up starting around about the, the winter of 2020 and 2021. And, and it's grown each year where we do one run a month. So we'll, we'll only take the runners away for one week 
uh, Ryan, and then they'll be back the following. I'm fed up with their chat anyway. They can mm-hmm. they can stick. So, but that then led us, and the the train of thought was that we wanted to actually get back into organised events as well. So we've decided that we would go and we would pick a route that we both really enjoy. It's local in Lanarkshire. It's potentially somewhere that not everybody's done, but we wanted it to be a bit unique. Just before I left my last job, I'd put together Nightlight, which was taking place at Trumpelia. So I, I was really keen that I wanted a different event in it. So I came up with the idea of doing Dust to Dawn, an event during the daylight, and then we run the same event in the dark. When I did the events back at NL, we created the Jigsaw Medal, which people like to build together and stuff like that. So um, they can stay tuned to see what we're coming up with for the Dusted On series. Um, so I've got two. One... I've got two Jigsaw Medals. Have you? I'll uh-huh. take you in a virtual because I've got a few spares, and I'll let you get the third one if you want. <laughs> well, I was really interested to hear about the the upcoming races because I I want to to take part in them but just obviously with schedules and other things on just now um i'm not able to this year but i'm excited to hear what's coming for next year if you've got anything planned already or is it all still in the pipeline the dawn event will take place on the 3rd of march 2024 and uh, we'll then have monkland's half marathon again in may and then the dusk version of the the doubler will take place in october the 18th 2024 as well so we've split it this year i do have aspirations to bring them so we you do the daytime the nighttime event and the Saturday and the daytime event and the Sunday. So you're doing the two events back to back. We're very much in our infancy. We've got quite a few ideas, not just for this, but for other for other things to come forward. But um, mm-hmm. we're not ready to release any of that information just yet. I just think it's exciting as well that it's not all just the normal kind of running races. Yeah. That It's got a bit of a different spin on it, which just makes it a little bit more exciting as well. So I'm really looking forward to it and just to hear what's coming. And I know that I'm clumsy and get lost, but the nighttime ones do sound quite fun. I've never <laughs> lost MP yet. So. Well, oh, there's a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not doing that. She get lost at Springburn Park Run. She get lost in the press play and run. I, 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 no, no, not lost in the run. Was leading the run and get lost. Aye, brilliant. Yeah, you, I'm gonna you, go now. Aye, I think you should. Yeah. So the night, the night race. I love the idea of the the day and the night. People are mad about a night race and the head torch and the and there's a community build. I love the community in and around. Run Lanarkshire. I saw how many people you had at the. How do you say? Is it the Antonine? Antonine, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, that looked like a great day. And so many, there was Newton Roadrunners there. And so I, I saw all the coverage of it. People looked like they'd such a good time. You've done something very special with that community because whenever you put something on, you've got an audience. Yeah, we, we tend to we tend to try and focus on trail um, because a lot of people want to try and experience trail run and it's a wee bit different. And clearly there's some hills and. You know, the the, the the Antonine and Bar Hill and Croy Hill, they're, they're, they're great beauty spots. And yeah. we're generally lucky with a good days for those ones. Uh, so you're at the top of the hills and you yeah. can get a really good view. And naturally, you know, you're going to get a break at the top. The other All one right. that we've done is the Seven Locks Wetland Park, where again, loads of people have heard about it. And then yeah. obviously the races we're doing are around the north called Heresy's Trail, yeah. which is really close to Doogie's Heart. And it's a place that, Nobody really knows exists, and it's a really great place to run between Coat Ridge and Airdrie. So, so it's trying to bring some of that just accessible to people and, and just educate them on a wee bit of what's out there right on your doorstep. It's a fantastic thing in terms of adding value for people, as you said, because it's quite saturated at the moment. We've spoken about this. Like, There's 5Ks everywhere, social, and there's, there's even 10Ks if that's what you're looking for. But trails, it's a much more isolated community unless you're in the know of who does it and where to go. 
But I saw Nikki, one of the people in our community, was at uh, your Antonine run. And I've seen her up that hill another three times on Insta since. That's a place she never knew. She's like it's 20 minutes by car from where she lives and she's never been there. And now she's been there taking the kids. And so again, brilliant. You're getting to see a bit more of that landscape that's on your doorstep. We are blessed that we are so close to urban environments, rural. We've got it all on our doorstep. It's just... Yeah. Probably I'm very guilty of not tapping into it. I'm on the same roads constantly. Um, but no, fantastic thing you're doing. We will continue here to be your biggest advocates, biggest supporters, because you're adding value to our group as much as obviously vice versa. And to help without that expectation of reciprocation, you've done it with me the whole time. And I'm so grateful for it. I know that that's been whistle stop. I know there are a million things we could talk about and probably will over the years that we, we continue to know each other, but I'm, I need to get through the quick fire questions with you and then find out how badly you've cheated and written down your answers. I've genuinely not wrote a thing down. David's got his. This is when I tell you I've got 10 new questions. That's fine. Can I ask a question before you get into the quick fire? Of course you can. Right, so at Parkrun, our female record holders, Morag Miller, any relation? Absolutely not. You'll never catch no. a Miller up that end of the leaderboard. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, I was just wondering if there was any relation to you. Right? No, no. And I wouldn't admit it anyway, because that means someday from my family beat me and I would never tell you. No, not, not me, not related to me. Although that is one of my two second places at Parkrun was Drumpelier. So it's it's getting there. I'm going to have a first place finish next year. That's part of my aims. Even if I need to go to one with like three people. Well, we, we share the stats every Saturday afternoon and I'm normally showing him Gervin when Kerry's no there. And he's like, oh, bugger. <laughs> but see, my luck, I turned up, I went to Ruckhill, not not to try and win first place, but Ruckhill on any given week could be a time that I could win in. The time I went, a guy, I was second in it, he blasted past me and he finished like in about 17 minutes. And it's not an easy course as far as I'm concerned, Ruckhill. It's quite hilly. And then I, you see in Strava, you see who you ran with. I clicked in. It was a 35k run he was doing and he'd absolutely horsed by me. He'd missed the start, was late and still did it in 17 minutes. I was like, that's just my luck. You know, any other given week in about that month, I think I would have had enough in my locker. But alas, it was not to be. Um, I'm glad you gave Ruckhill a name check because that's our friend Lindsay's event director there and Lin it's, it's a beautiful partner. She's fantastic as well. She does such a good job there and I'm, I met her on the day. I know her through Instagram a wee bit but I met her on the day and she's obviously so well known and especially in the trail running community and a lot of friends I have that do trails like idolise her. They, they love following her journey. So it was nice to meet her. I, I, I've had very few experiences at Parkrun where the race or the event directors were not adding terrific value to my day. It's been amazing. I don't tell Pat that though. We'll, t we'll say Pat was the exception to the rule. Ah, he always is an exception. <laughs> right, gents, let's go for the quick fire round. You know the drill here, okay? So these answers should be relatively short, snappy, whatever comes to your head. On your marks, get set, go! David, favourite running shoe of all time? Uh, next tempo, next percent. Doogie. Nike Air Pegasus. Favourite training route? It was Creakywood Trail, but it's been obliterated by Forestry Decommission, so it would be the tack. Dougie, favourite route? Probably Barnshaw Nature Reserve and Mullerwell for me. Proudest running moment, David? Doing the Men's Health 10K in 2013 with my dad. 
Nice. Dougie? As an event organiser winning Scottish 10k of the year and third in Britain for the Cumbernauld 10k and as a runner probably completing my first marathon. And because I'm not letting you cheat, which one is it? Probably winning the event for <laughs> the 10k of the year. I'll let you have both. I'll edit them. I'll keep them both in, right? I'm not going to be that guy. Your worst race or running experience? Oh, mine's is easy. A 20-mile training run, Dougal, remember it well, with my friend Maria. I suffer from hip issues, and from the moment I got out of the car that morning, I was in agony, and it was bucket in the rain, howling wind, and all I did was watch Dougie and Maria just toddling along, chatting away. I think I said two words the whole run. It was horrible. But you finished it? Obviously. Hard as nails. Dougie? It has to be leaving in the ambulance at Monkland's Half Marathon. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to go back to that moment. Uh, 50 metres for the finish line. Cheating on Strava. Go to pre-long run meal. Generally, I'm pretty bored in porridge and banana. Normally, pre-run, whether it's an ultra or whether it's a long run or whether it's a, a marathon race. Okay. Generally, toast and banana is my, my go-to in the morning race. I don't like anything too heavy before I run. Dream person to go for a training run with? Elish McColgan. So you'd need um, a bike. Yeah. No, but I, I think, you know, I... I don't do a lot of social media, but I follow her. Uh, I think she's really inspirational. I think some of her posts are really good and inclusive. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah I like her a lot. Good one. Dougie, you've had an extra four seconds to think about it. I, I know, but that makes it worse. <laughs> I, I suppose for me, as I joined running, I used to love Mo Farah, so I think I would want to go for a run with him and just talk about his journey all the way through from being like 5K, 10K, building up to running marathons. So yeah. I would probably, I'd probably pick someone like him. It, it's the one sport where no matter where they got to they all started doing the exact same thing you did on a all yeah. struggling in their first run and probably trying to run too fast there's something reassuring about it david if you could run alongside yourself as a beginner runner what advice would you give to yourself start sooner i wish i had doogie probably that times don't matter um i think a lot of people including my own journey is that you focus a lot on time at the beginning, my running journey's not about that anymore. I don't think. Forget about the times and just enjoy the experience. Yeah, it's, it's still so prevalent in the community. I think the more the less experienced you are as well, the more it can dominate your whole your whole running outlook. One inspirational Instagram or social media profile you never skip by, David. I know you're not huge on the social media side of it, so tell me no. to wish if if that's the case. No, no. Um, well, I've got to give a mention. I'm a huge fanboy of James Stewart. Yeah, uh, he's a massive inspiration to me. It was him that bullied me into my first marathon. So anything that James is doing, I'm I'm all over. Dougie, I suppose the last few years it's been the World Marathon Majors page because I've been drawing all the the knowledge I can out of that in order to get to where I want to go. Do you run with or without music? I generally don't really run with music. I quite often listen to Radio Clyde's phone in because I think it's comedy gold. Uh, if I'm out at night or I'm a big podcast listener to so yeah. you know I, I, i'll be a podcast if, if i'm running with people I, I don't take headphones but if i'm at my own it'll generally be a podcast yeah. okay uh podcasts for daytime running and then for races and uh socials never any music in my ears favorite park run this is a, surely a difficult one for you you've got such a variety to pick from my favorite park run is lanark moore again big shout out to Derek Aiken, the event director there a good friend of ours it's got a bit of everything, and it's, it's really good. I've only been three times, but I love it when I go. Closely followed by the drum. You can't beat the drum. Well, yeah. Dr drum chapel or drum pelia? No, drum chapel. 
Oh really? Uh, that's that's yeah. the one everybody tells me to go to if I went first. Yeah, because their numbers I, are low. Doogie and I went to one of their birthday events, Doogie, didn't we? And they had a wee banjo player halfway around. It was just phenomenal. Don't make the joke about banjo players. Don't make the joke <laughs> about banjo players. Doogie, favourite park run? It has to be from Chapel, believe it or not. He's just stole my thunder right really? off there. Uh, yeah, I, you were going to um, that. I love I love the roller coaster on the hill. It's just so bumpy and like it's just it's got everything. It's tight. It's 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 fast in places. It's you want to pull your hair out in other places. No, drum chapel for me. That won't take any of us very long. Final question, gents. David, I press play and run because Probably because of the friends I meet and the feelings it gives me. Nice. Definitely the words of a man that's written something down. Doogie, <laughs> I press play and run because... It makes me a better person. Final order of business, guys. I, I have been slaughtering the playlist for two seasons. I actually ran listening to it tonight. It's not as bad as I've been making out. I think now enough time's passed between me listening at the start and what Kaylee did to it that it's recovered some credibility <laughs> so I'm going to ask both of you to add a track we're not going to make you actually agree on a track that's too much what's it going to be David? Uh, well my favourite track is Fisherman's Blues by the Waterboys Making Note for Self Don't Know Love This it. Song Oh come on I know I've come on I think we've already outed my musical knowledge it's not been as good as I thought it was Doogie Queen A Kind of Magic My god bit of cheese Queen and Abba. When it when it's dark and it's hard, it's where you go. <laughs> Which was a famous scene of Freddie Mercury's. So <laughs> <laughs> gentlemen, the final thing is for me to say thank you. I adore genuinely, sorry, the work that you do in the community. I love to see people that give back, as I said, without that expectation of reciprocation or it's for all the right reasons you're adding massive value to hundreds thousands of runners and i'm sure that you know that but and also know that with the work the kind of work you do you don't often pause to just think about that impact that you've had on other people so thank you on behalf of the running community that you've provided these platforms for i cannot wait to see the next stages of the journey towards six stars and the culmination of it and your friendship grow and blossom but thank you so much for coming on opening up the season with us been part of Alison's first episode in the, the chair before she had to dart off as well you're a pair of gems so thank you again All right. yeah, thanks, thanks so I really enjoyed it Thank you to you, the listeners, for joining us for another episode of the Press Play and Run podcast. You can really help to support the podcast by subscribing or following on your podcast platform of choice and by leaving a review. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Press Play and Run podcast and to add the Press Play and Run playlist on Spotify. We'll be back every two weeks with new episodes and please be sure to keep an eye on our Instagram page to find out which guests will be joining us. Until then, keep getting the trainers on, press play and run.